baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. Hey, hey. Good to have the whole gang back together and in the same building. Good to be with everybody dun, today. Dun. By the way, we played that ball oh. game last night, that punchy ball ball game. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. I have never laughed so hard in my entire life. Y'all got to get you one of these things. A box it's, balling. It, yeah, it's, it's picture John McEnroe, and he used to wear these sweatbands on his uh, forehead. Okay? okay? It's a John McEnroe-looking sweatband that you put on your head, and then there's a string that comes all the way down to about your midsection, and there's a little bouncy ball on the end of the string, and it's somewhere between... It's it's not as hard as like a handball or a no. racket ball, but... Almost like a stress ball. Yeah, it's almost stress like balled. a stress yeah. ball, but a little bit stiffer than a stress ball. Anyway, the whole point of this ball on a string think of the old when we were little scott the paddle balls you'd have the little wooden paddle ball mm-hmm. and you go oh, yeah. on the paddle ball with a little bouncy rubber ball right until your parents came down oh, and yep. popped you in the head the whole point <laughs> with this <laughs> with this headband crazy. ball thing and we brought it into the newsroom yesterday we we're cracking up is you are supposed to be able eventually with expert and hand-eye coordination to box this ball straight out from your forehead dan you're supposed huh. to be able, like a Vander Holyfield, mm-hmm. think of box, 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 box on one of those little hanging down boxer thingies. Speed bag. You're supposed to be able to go box, 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 box. And the ball is supposed to completely snap right back toward your face and you box it straight back out. I bet more people will use it kind of like that handball in the middle of the playground where you hit it and goes around the pole. Sort of like a tether ball. Yeah. Sort of. We tried it yesterday, Dan. <laughs> Between the three of us, we could do it three to four times with a fist before it bounces and whacks you in the head or in the shoulder. <laughs> or in the crotch. And that yeah. happened to me yesterday. However, I took it home last night. The boys thought it was hilarious. It's supposed to be kind of a cardio once you get good at it. I don't see me ever getting good at it. How'd Chris do with it? Uh, trust me when I say I will Facebook Live that man trying to hit this ball. <laughs> because when you miss, it is very funny. But my son did 10 right out of the gate. Really? Scott, right in a boxing maneuver. One, two, three, Young four. Young son five. or older son? Uh, Jack did. Oh, wow. We could, huh. n- we took this to a girls gathering last night. No one could do it. It is very difficult, but also very funny. But I feel like if I practiced it, I could become very good at it. Boom, 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 boom. You got to put boom, in the boom, work. Boom. Okay. You have to have expert Hand-eye coordination. Yes, you do. Which I do not. It was very difficult. I don't know how I missed it. Maybe I just got caught up. I'm late to the game, no pun intended on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got so caught up in the Florida State debacle. Oh. Um, and where you know why is Georgia not in there? Why is Florida State not in there? I did not realize they had released the entire bowl schedule already. For the yeah. holidays. Yeah, they released I, KU's bowl. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Uh, KU is playing UNLV. Yeah. In the guaranteed rate bowl on, I yep. believe it's Tuesday. Who got Pop-Tarts? Did K-State get Pop-Tart? So let me go down. Uh, so KU plays in the 
uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Yes, K State got the Pop Tarts oh, man, Bowl. Man, that was the What's one the everyone the wanted. The Pop Tart Bowl. No, the other one. Um, guaranteed Rate. Guaranteed Rate. And then. Oh, okay. And so when is the Pop Tart Bowl? This is getting ridiculous. I wanted to go to the Pop-Tart Bowl. Uh, Mizzou ended up with the Cotton Bowl, so good for them. Good for them. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, Mizzou's going to play Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl on December 29th, Friday, December 29th at 8 o'clock. Uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, Pop-Tarts plural, is December 28th. Uh, by the way, Florida State wide receiver Johnny Wilson will skip whatever crumbs they got in their bowl and will enter the draft. Uh, that came out today. I, I don't understand how behind the scenes the bowl selection process and committee does whatever it is they do. But I know the reaction on social to what happened to Florida State was swift and almost unanimous. Uh, the guys on ESPN are saying that they are turning college football into figure skating because it's no longer about the numbers. It's more about whatever the judges decide. Yeah. Which, why? Florida State, I, I know enough about football to know what undefeated means. Well, well but I'll, I'll, let me say this, and, and we're not a sports station, but every once in a while, sports transcends. Well, but we're in the become, business of talking uh, about what's, what's fair and right. what's not fair, and, and this doesn't look fair. And we don't break down games, but we, when sports enters into the world of news, we have to talk about it, and that's fine. We're not going to make a segment out of this, or a, a topic out of this. I heard it explained extremely well by a sports guy who was on Morning Joe today on MSNBC. Okay. And this, because I too thought, man, you know, Florida State may or may have gotten screwed here. You know, they finished undefeated 13-0 and in a top five power conference. Clearly number five of the top five because the ACC sucks in football. They're the, Florida State's the only good team. But somebody had a great point. The selection committee had three letters in mind when they told Florida State to take a hike. T-C-U. It was a great point. They already knew, is no, what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is, last year, TCU flies through the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, wow, where Got did it. TCU come from? Got it. They end up in the championship game against Georgia. And the score? 65-7. to seven. Yep. They got smoked. It was it, rough. It was a horrible championship game to watch because TCU did not belong in the so top So then four. undefeated doesn't mean anything, no. really, no. if you are not in one of the popular conferences that are thought to be more difficult like the SEC. Well, That's basically well, what it com- comes the down AC, to. The ACC can be and has been on occasion a good football conference, but right now it's just not. Okay. F- Florida State became the first undefeated Power 5 champion to ever miss the college football playoff. And they can blame TCU last year for that. Well, but just because TCU crapped the bed doesn't mean that Florida State would do the same. You're right, but look at it like this. Florida State, you're right, is undefeated, but undefeated in the worst of the five conferences in football. They also lost their starting quarterback. So now they're on quarterback number two or three. I can't remember. I think they're on their third string quarterback, Sam, if you'll check that for me. So Florida State goes in, let's say miraculously they somehow win the first bowl game of the championship series. Okay. And they end up in the championship game against Alabama or, you know, Michigan. The, Worse the, yet, the, Michigan. Theoretically, they would get stomped is the, what you're saying. We would have another Georgia TCU, and that's what the selection committee is trying to avoid is another massive blowout and TV ratings disaster. Oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah, they had a freshman filling in as quarterback. But you know what? We have had... Even in the NFL, 
success stories where QB1 goes down, QB2 goes down, and QB3 does amazingly well. Isn't it San Francisco that just showed us that this last year? Well, well, yeah, Mr. Will and Brock Purdy. Yes. But but here's what we'll do. It can happen. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Let's put Florida State into the top four, okay? And if they get to the championship game against Michigan or whomever, you and I will bet on that game even odds, and I get the team that's not Florida State. Nobody's going to take that bet. All right. Because they'll get smoked. It also comes down to strength of schedule. Florida State University had the 55th ranked schedule this season. Because their conference sucks. Yeah. And TCU last year had the 38th toughest schedule, Mm -hmm. went undefeated, and got smoked in the championship. And don't forget, got beat by K-State in the conference championship a couple weeks prior. But that's that's why – Florida State is not in. They're not going to repeat what happened last year. It was a disaster. Uh, not only not only was it a boring game to watch, it, it was a game that most people just turned off. When we get back, a giant, a giant in television history has passed. We'll get to that in just a moment here on Dana and Parks. Story here from CNN. Famed television producer Norman Lear, whose wildly successful TV sitcoms, including All in the Family and The Jeffersons, fused comedy with trenchant social commentary and dominated network ratings in the 1970s, has died at his home in Los Angeles at the age of 101. His family, in a statement, wrote, and I quote, Norman lived a life of curiosity, tenacity, and empathy. He deeply loved our country and spent a lifetime helping to preserve its founding ideals of justice and equality for all. He began his career in the earliest days of live television and discovered a passion for writing about the real lives of Americans, not a glossy ideal. At first, his ideas were met with closed doors and misunderstanding. However, he stuck to his conviction that the foolishness of the human condition made for great television and eventually he was heard all in the family now considered extremely controversial uh, started in 1971 yet was then as well and i did not know this abc passed on all in the family <laughs> twice and cbs ran a disclaimer when it finally aired the show and the disclaimer read as follows the show you are about to see is all in the family it seeks to throw a humorous spotlight on our frailties prejudices and concerns By making them a source of laughter, we hope to show in mature fashion just how absurd they are. I have some clips from it. Do you want to hear some? No. By the end of 1971, All in the Family was number one. Uh Archie Bunker was a pop culture fixture. Um, Listen to this. Uh, That song that you will never get out of your head, you're welcome. Those were the (laughs) days. Um, even the show's opening segment was innovative. Instead of an off-screen theme song, there were Archie and Edith seated at the piano in the living room, belting out that screeching version. <laughs> and the spinoff from All in the Family was The Jeffersons. Hits continued for Lear, mm-hmm. and then partner Bud Yorkin, including Maud with uh, B. Arthur, mm-hmm. The Jeffersons. Uh, Maude, both a spinoff from uh, All in the Family. I did not oh, know I, that. I didn't know that either. 
with the same winning combination of one-liners and social conflict. In 72, uh, a two-part episode of Maud, the title character played by B. Arthur became the first on television to terminate a pregnancy, drawing a surge of protests along with high ratings. And then when a close friend of Archie's turned out to be gay, President Nixon privately fumed to White House aides that the show was glorifying same-sex relationships. I mean, can, can you imagine no. that that a, a president of the United States in today's world uh, fuming that a, a show on television was promoting same-sex relationships? Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Listen to this. Lear said in a 1994 interview, so much later, with the Associated Press, that controversy suggests people are thinking about something, he said. But there better be laughing first and foremost or it's a dog. Mm -hmm. And we would be remiss if we did not mention Lear and York and also created Good Times, Sanford and Son, uh, which made uh, Fox a household name. Red Fox. Uh, Red Fox, thank you. And One Day at a Time. Oh, I didn't know. Which he... made a star of Valerie Bertinelli. Also, also the executive producer of The Princess Bride and Fried Green Tomatoes. Do you know I can still belt out the theme song to One Day at a Time? I mean, I... Give me the first line. Uh, One day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time, uh, 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 one day at a time. And then it went, yeah. <laughs> I still remember the mom's haircut, the yep. telephone. In, in the beginning, Valerie Bertinelli in the theme song was on a telephone while while stirring cake batter. Yep. Now, why do I remember that 30 years later? And, and there is not a man my age. And the handyman, what was his name? I can't uh, remember. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, oh, my God. I almost said it. I'll find he has a mustache. See, I know. I can see him in my mind's eye. As soon as I see. As it's soon, one name. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dan's looking at me. Give me 30 seconds. I'll think of it. Snyder. Was Snyder. it Snyder? It was Schne- Boom. Was it Snyder, Snyder. or Schneider? <laughs> the world must know. How do I still remember that? It was Schneider. Uh, there is not a man my age. That did not have a gigantic crush on, on Valerie, Valerie Bertinelli. Bertinelli when we were a kid. I loved Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, Lear said uh, not too long ago he was asked in an interview on CNN in 2020 about people who say that his shows were, especially all in the family, his shows were, quote, edgy. And he said, and I quote, edgy is what others wrote about it, but I never thought it, all in the family, was edgy. We were simply dealing with the problems that exist in our culture. Okay. <laughs> was Good Times edgy? And let me ask you this. That also made stars of um, J.J. Um, give me a moment. Sorry, it's coming. Dynamite. It'll come to me, too. Don't, uh, don't ever say that in front of him. You know, he, the the actor who played his father, who was in the headlines this week for something else, uh, and then wasn't Michael Jackson's sister in a starring role? Maybe Janet Jackson played Janet Jackson, Penny. W- Janet, Janet Jackson was in it. Are you thinking of, um, first of all, it's, uh, Jimmy Walker. Thank you, uh, Jimmy John, Walker. John Amos was the dad in, in, yeah. in Good Times. Was that edgy? There was. I don't want to say there was controversy over Good Times, hmm. but they, they were showing Lear's impression of what life was like for a black family living in the projects. Hmm. 
I, I, I think I read once they had asked Mr. Amos about it, and he said there were no black writers or producers involved in good times. And so it was from a, you know, wealthy, successful group of mostly white men mm-hmm. showing you on television what they thought the projects were about. I still remember that theme song. Not getting hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water. By the way. Making your way when you can, just a temporary layoff. So, John. I do you not remember that song? Because uh, it's been 40 years. Ain't we lucky uh, we got John, John Amos plays the dad. Uh, JJ is the son yeah. in that show. I know Mike. Yeah, I know. They were actually only eight years difference in age. No yes. way. I'm reading it right now. When the series begins, J.J. is 17, portrayed by a 26-year-old Jimmy Walker, who was just eight years younger than his co-star, John Amos. Well, John Amos looked much older, yeah. and uh, Jimmy Walker looked much younger. What was the name of the title of John Amos's wife? I will tell you right now what it is. I can tell you. Florida? <laughs> Always yelling Florida? Mm-hmm. And who played her? Do you remember? I don't, but we are so old. Esther Raleigh. Esther Raleigh. She played Florida. Florida Evans. Ain't we lucky we got him. Oh, by the way, uh, Good Times was a spinoff from Maud, which was a spinoff from All in the Family. How many times can one show spin off? I, I don't know. Uh, because uh, Florida had a role on Maud. For oh, the two phones seasons. are ringing. They want to talk about good times. Well, Come that's on. Fine. We watch that show every single night on TV trays, by the way. It either came on right after or right before did Wheel you have of TV Fortune. dinners? Oh, yes, we oh, did. I mean, if you have a TV tray, you can only eat a TV dinner you know on a we TV did. tray in front of the TV. What did Jimmy Walker do as a hobby in good times? There's only one answer. See, I, I'm going to tell you right now good times was not my jam. Oh my gosh, she was an artist. Okay. Good times was not. I think I've seen that show probably ten times in my life. I'd never found it to be. Funny. It was always the family trying to come up with money to make a better life for themselves. There was an episode I will never forget that one of their uh, people that lived in the apartment, like a, like a neighbor, wanted to come over and bring meatloaf. Hmm. And there was a rumor in the apartment complex that she was so poor, Scott, that she ate pet food. And there is this scene where they're all sitting around the table passing the meatloaf. And they just keep passing it because they think there's pet food in the meatloaf, which, of course, there wasn't. But I've always wondered, looking back, was that edgy or good for America or not? Or was it somehow a portrayal of a struggling family in the projects? And I think John Amos has been on record saying it was really not. John Amos is still alive. He's 83 years old. Yes. I believe children fighting over... That estate and legacy as we speak. That was in the stack this week, too. 913-586-7798. 586-7798. Here on Dana and Parks. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So sad just news out of the world of <laughs> just temporary layoff. Uh, Norman Lear died yesterday at his home in Los Angeles at the age of 101, and he was the genius behind All in the Family, Maud, uh, Good Times, The Jeffersons. Tributes, by the way, pouring in from actors all around the world mm-hmm. about his legacy. Uh, let's go to Scott in Kansas City. Uh, just hello, hey man, what's up? Yeah, I heard you talking. I I could have answered all those questions when you were like, you know, thinking of who was who did what and whatnot. So, I got a whole bunch. I got a whole big stack of more facts about all these shows that you've been talking about. I mean, just sit around, <laughs> you just sit around with stacks of trivia. I love it. On I love it. Early seventies shows. Me, well, mentally, I don't have physical stuff, but <laughs> no. First of all, like let's see, you're talking about Penny. Yeah, that was Janet Jackson, and she was taken in, like she was adopted by the neighbor Walona. And, and the, one piece of trivia is that. The actress that played Penny's biological mom is actually the real-life mother of Kim Fields, who is Tootie from The Facts of Life. Wow! Scott, you're let's going see. deep in the vault. Let's see. And also, let's see, for Maude, let's see, there are also two other co-stars on there were uh, Rue McClanahan, and then, who's, of course, Blanche from The Golden Girls, and then uh, Conrad, I can't remember, it was Bane or McBain, who was Mr. Drummond from The Fact, or no. Yes. It's Bane. You are absolutely right. I believe it's Conrad Bane. Yeah. 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 And let's see. Then let me see. And also, uh, Sanford and Son and and All in the Family were actual adaptations of British shows. I think All in the Family, the British version is called Till Death Do Us Part. And the hmm. Sanford and Son, the British original, is called Steptoe and Son. Scott, you are a dictionary of fantastic um, uh, uh, late 70s and early 80s television knowledge. He, Thank you. He's right. All in the Family was based on the British sitcom Till Death Do Us Part. All right. I'll be damned. Who knew? Uh, Jim in Ruskin Heights, and then we'll get on to some other stuff. Hey, Jim. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. And, and that last caller, that was great. I want him on my Trivial Pursuit team. <laughs> right. Amen. Um, but uh, the... Um, uh, thing I want to say about All in the Family, I, I grew up with it. I was 11 when it started airing. And as a family, we watched that show together, my parents and my siblings. And I believe that in part, certainly not in whole, but in part, All in the Family, Archie Bunker and his absurdity uh, helped me to form some of the values that I have about respect and dignity for all. Because he was so outrageous, mm-hmm. and we used it as a platform for dialogue in the home where we talked about, you know, do you see the rightness of that? Do you see the wrongness of that? Yeah. Do you understand why that's important? And I actually feel like I learned a lot from him. So um, Jim, I like the did, show. Did you know that in part this was based on the character Archie Bunker, I read, was based on uh, Mr. Lear's own uh, 
family member, I think it was his father that I read, mm-hmm. um, that had some of those views. And he drew from that for that character. I did not know that, but it, but it's great to know. I, I, I really loved the show. I can see when I look back on it today how horrible it really is. But at the time, it was, it was educational, it was entertaining, and it was thought-provoking. Is it and horrible, or Jim, is it horrible, no. or is it complicated? It's complicated. Yeah, That's I, a better word. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, and I, I, I have a couple of clips. I'd like to play them, but I don't think Dana wants me to, and that's fine. I can play them. But uh, just to put it into context, especially for, for some of our younger audience members who, who may never have had the chance to see All in the Family, um, and, and this can't be against FCC regulations because this went on broadcast television in the early 1970s, but here's just one clip. The Estradas are thinking it over. You and Henry are trying to find somebody else to buy the house. You don't call that crooked? No. That's looking off for number one. Where does that place Henry Jefferson? He's number two. <laughs> Why is he number two? Because, meathead, there can only be one number one and one number two. And life made Jefferson number two long before I come along. <laughs> so I suppose that the Puerto Ricans are number three then, hmm? Well, no, not necessarily there, little girl. Your Puerto Ricans could be four. Your jobs and your chins could be three. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But but see, why I now understand why that came with the disclaimer even back then. Even though they were trying to point out the absurd. And the absurd. Is, right. And Archie Bunker was absurd. You were not laughing with him. You were laughing at him. Correct. But I hear that and I just absolutely fall out of my chair and cringe and think, oh my God, like how did they allow that on television? It was every episode. Every episode. Ugh. I mean, there, there, there's there's one episode in the, I believe it's in the Jeffersons, actually, where, and I, I saw this years ago in a rerun, and I was just like, wow. And Archie Bunker is at George Jefferson's apartment, and they're talking in the living room, and George Jefferson does something, and Archie Bunker looks at him and goes, how amazingly white of you. George Jefferson, for those of you who are young, was a very successful black businessman. Yep who lived in a high rise apartment. And I mean, but, but there are, there are lines and we were talking about this when Matthew Perry died recently. Oh, there are lines in friends. You would never, ever make make it onto television today. But Nick at night still plays them and they don't edit it out. And it's, it's usually in friends. The joke is about gay people. Yeah. You know, um, not, not, not about race. In fact, there are hardly any people of color in Friends, yeah. which is shocking. That's in and of itself, one of the problems with Friends. <laughs> right. But, I mean, we have other clips of All in the Family. I'm not going to play them. But uh, somebody must have died years and years ago, and I recorded these so that we could put them on the air um, to talk about that actor in All in the Family or whatever, whoever it was. I can't recall. But I, I guarantee you, if, if we played, and we won't, these other clips, they would all be equally as borderline cringeworthy in today's society. But in 1971 or 74, whenever those episodes aired, you know, they were controversial, I think. I mean, you wouldn't put a warning before the show if it wasn't potentially controversial. But but it was error. What does that say to you, the fact that they had to include in the warning that we are pointing out the absurd in America to have this dialogue. What, what they it? didn't want anyone watching it and thinking they are condoning the words coming out of his mouth. Let, let me turn that question around for you, Dana. 
What does it say to you about where we are now that that show could not be on television today? Well, I think we. Does most it, people would say we have come a long way, but we have a long way to go. I, I, can I play the devil's advocate with yeah. you? All right. I, I agree with you in that regard. People would say, you know, we've become more inclusive, yeah. uh, more accepting sure. of, of people uh, of different races, et cetera. Or some people would argue we've become overly sensitive. And we're always looking to be a victim. You know, for our, our younger listeners, you have to remember this was a time when Mary Tyler Moore was a trailblazer mm-hmm. as because a, as a, she was the first main character that was divorced, yep. living as a single woman in the big city. You're gonna make it after all. You know, with, it a, in Minneapolis? with a misogynistic boss, yep. right? That's right. That was a great show, by the way. Oh, I don't I see. I look back at that when Chris will watch that on a rerun sometime on his phone, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> really? God. Lou Grant was terrible. But then my mother would say to you, that's how it was. Yeah. My mother is the first, she was an administrative assistant for 30 years, and she would tell you, that's how it was. I, I'm too young to remember Lucille Ball when it was, in fact, I'm not too young. I wasn't even born when uh, I Love Lucy was on the air. But a reminder, uh, I've seen the reruns a thousand times. They, they slept in separate they beds. They had to sleep in separate beds in that show because America was not ready. To see a married couple in the same crawling bed. into the same bed. Even though in every home where that show was being broadcast into, those couples would turn the show off and go get into the same bed. Was it also true they weren't allowed to say the word pregnant? I believe that is correct. When on, she was actually pregnant with... Little Ricky, they would, were not ever able to use the word, word pregnant. Yep, it was a different time. <laughs> but but you can use, you know, uh, the Puerto Ricans could be fourth. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good God. 913-586-7798. She is Dana Wright. My name is Scott Parks, and that guy over there is Sam Stevie here on KMBZ. I'm just going to read a couple of things to you as we wrap up, because every once in a while I see something uh, toward the end of the program that makes me laugh out loud. Uh, and you know that I am a big follower of the Johnson County Community and Scanner Group. Well, hang on, we got to get uh, that intro. I, I mean, here. you can. We don't have to. We don't have to role play the nine one one. Has to be properly but, introduced. But every once in a while, I will see one um, that defies. Logic in any way uh, that that would prompt someone to call 911. And now, the Daily Post from the Johnson County, Kansas Community and Police Scanner Group on Dana and Parks. <coughs> ring, ring, uh, 911, what is your emergency? Uh, yes, we have a verbal disturbance this afternoon near College in Quivira. Hmm. Male customer in location yelling at employees. Subject is yelling because they don't have the McRib. Oh. Oh. Are you kidding me? You know, the McRib is out. They're out over here in Mission, too, because I swung by to get you guys lunch yesterday, and there's a big sign on the drive-thru that says, we are out of the McRib. Unacceptable. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, Bring, bring, 911, what is your emergency? Uh, Yes, this call actually came in in the last 24 hours. We have a pending disturbance near College in Quivira. Male subject is refusing to get out of the cab. Cab E has dialed 911. Subject says he is not going to get out where he can be kidnapped or killed. What? College in Quivira? (laughs) (laughs) Basically corporate woods. (laughs) 
Okay. All right. Fred. That in-house going to get you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Are you going to read the one you sent uh, us on text last night? And then we had one night? final one that I'm going to try to clean up. Bring, bring, 911, what is your emergency? Uh, well, we, we have a caller suggesting that, um, well, first that some people are trying to remove an ATM. Uh, and, and how do they know, Scott? Uh, subjects are using a crane. Oh. Contacting owner of ATM now. Is the one that you have to clean up the one where people are trying to increase the population? Of uh, yes, Johnson it is, County? Scott. Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, we we had a call come in. Uh, let's just say in in an area of Overland Park, Prairie Village, that it appeared a man and a woman were having a sleepover in the car. Having a little, little sleepover time. A little adult time. A busy shopping area, by the way. Wanting uh, police to maybe go check that out. Mm. That uh, That is illegal. In a public place. Oh, yeah. Those are all calls. If you're in the garage, I guess it's all right. That your Johnson County dispatchers have taken in the last 48 hours. The last line of that post says, caller would like uh, subjects trespassed and removed from the property. <laughs> well, <laughs> they will. Give me just a minute here. <laughs> Here's the last one. Sorry, this is Johnson Drive and Merriam Drive. We have a male subject outside of location. Subject is leaning on the window. Subject is trying to talk to caller through an office window. Subject is making caller and coworkers feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm telling you, sir. Maybe try using the door. I, I, I don't think you could pay me enough oh. to, be a, to be a police officer. Have you noticed lately? It's a lot of subject refusing to leave premise mm -hmm. it's a lot last of couple of weeks subject yeah. is here refusing to leave whether mm -hmm. that's they're mad about the mcrib they're mad about the service they're upset that they've been fired that's i see that a lot yeah I, subject was terminated and will not leave well and and if, if that firing came as a surprise or or you really need that job coming up in the holidays i i understand yes. that but um, but at some point you're trespassing son come on now no, that's true that's true uh, in the Johnson County suburb of Westwood, where this radio station was once headquartered for many years, the saying you can't fight City Hall might had an, have an added caveat. Residents are welcome to fight, but a few who have persisted in their attempt to block a four-building office and retail development in Westwood over that park received a letter from the Westwood City Attorney threatening to sue them. For what? You, you sue us, we're suing you. The result in Westwood, a tiny little town of 1,800 people, it's adorable, we used to work there for years, uh, just west of the plaza, is that a small but resolute group of neighbors say they have been cowed and bullied into silence, and for some, anonymity in the press, out of fear of being sued by the local government. Westwood's mayor, David Waters, tells the Star that the city's threat of legal action came only in response to the residents' own initial threat of litigation to challenge the development. Hmm. Who says small-town politics can get very, Ooh. very interesting? Hell has no fury like the residents who are going to lose that tiny park. And, I mean, it is tiny. Yeah. Oh, I know. We're going to build a bigger park next to it. No matter. We won our small park. Well, it, it, people don't like change. Uh, that's what it is. I don't want change. We got to get out of here. The bonus hour coming up next. Don't forget to check out the Dana and Parks podcast when you get a minute. Anytime you want, anywhere you go, just go to KMBZ.com. On behalf of our producer today, the finest man in these United States, 
the great Sam Stevie Third, my good friend and co-host Dana Wright. My name is Scott Parks, and God willing, we're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Have a great night. Be safe, be well, and be good. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at kmbz.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 